I want to speak this morning on the reality of faith. That's the third, the third, it's a series, I guess. This is the third one. The reality of faith. And this time, I want to focus on the response to the violence of faith. Response to the violence of faith. Father, I just want to thank you. Today, according to your word, is the word that we preach. That is in the mouth. The word of faith. Now in the mouth. And in your heart. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Release that faith from the word. Into our hearts today. In Jesus name. Amen. The answer to every problem. That is beyond a man's ability to handle. It's a miracle. And whether they are believers or not, they believe in miracles. Doctors will tell you. If they are looking at a circumstance, a situation that is beyond them, they say, well, I tell you what, this is what we know that is happening to you. It will take what? What did they say? It will take a miracle if you leave. <laughs> That's not what you want to hear. But they also believe in miracles. Charlie, it's good to have you here. In your lovely Mitchell, right? <laughs> it's good to have you. They'll tell you it will take a miracle. So no matter what problem you have, the answer to that problem is what? If it's beyond you, what's the answer? It's a miracle. You need a miracle. The answer is a miracle in our mind. In our subconscious self, we know. If it's beyond you, you say to yourself, and even if you talk to your friend, and you tell your friend what the problem is, and you explain, and they fully understand the problem, and the next word you hear is, it's a miracle, right? It will take a miracle. But you know, in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18, the Bible says, Jesus speaking in the Old Testament, I and the children that you have given to me, we are for signs and wonders. So you are for signs and wonders. You were born to produce signs and wonders. That's your birthright. When you are born again, even if you are born again today, God has said, Jesus said in the Old Testament, I and the children that the Lord has given to me, and you are one of those. We are for signs and wonders. We are people, the people that produce miracles on the earth. The stuff that produces miracle on the earth is violent faith. Violent faith is what delivers miracles. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it says, From the days, Jesus speaking, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. There is violence going on in the kingdom of God. From the days of John the Baptist until this very present day, there is violence going on in the, in the kingdom of God. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. The violent ones take it by force. Now we're not going to be using our fists. And the violence is not talking about violence of the muscles and, and the way you feel or maybe you can yell real loud. Or, that's not what he's talking about. It's the violence of faith. It's the violence of faith. If you're going to get anything from the kingdom of God, you got to have violent faith operating in your life. That's a principle. From the days of John the Baptist until this very hour, the kingdom of God is suffering violence and the, violence, the violent ones are taking the kingdom by force. So basically what he's saying, there's a lot that God wants you to have. 
There's a lot that God wants you to experience in this present life. All of that is capsuled in the kingdom of God that's available to you. But the only way it will get to you is through your being violent with the enemy because he wants to stop you from getting into your inheritance. Just as God gave the children of Israel the land of Canaan. That was yours. But they had to fight for it. God said, I've already given you this, but you got to go in and fight for it. So the only way to enjoy what God has given to us is through the violence of faith. And you know, everything responds to the violence of faith. We're coming to that. There is an opposition against your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9, it says, For, and this Paul speaking, For a great and effective door has opened to me. Not going to open, a great and effective door has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. So right now where you're seated, there, there, there are doors that God has opened for you. And may God open more doors for your life. For greatness in your life. Paul said, A great, not just great, an effective door has been opened to me. However, there are many adversaries. So when God, the greatness of the door will determine the number of the adversaries. The greatness of the effectiveness of that, do- of that door that God has opened to you will determine the number of adversaries that you have to face. So when you are going through difficulties, that's because it's not because God is trying to set you back. What is really happening is God is trying to promote you and He's opened an effective door, a great door for your life. But what believers don't know is that there are always many adversaries. And people give up once they begin to experience the opposition. They give up once they begin to experience the enemy coming at them, the adversary. They say, I don't think this is God's will for me. If it was God's will, then it should be simple. You just walk in. That's not the way it works in the kingdom. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. You can't be there sitting and saying, Satan, please, please, please leave me alone. Leave me. Why won't you leave me alone? Please leave me alone. I know God has given me all this. I got a prophecy for my life. This is mine. Leave me alone. He's not going to respond to that Mickey Mouse stuff that you're doing. Amen. You have to be violent with him. Say, get. Devil, get. That's mine. What you're touching is mine. Get. Uh-huh. That's been violent because he knows that you know he's yours. When you are violent, he knows you know. He's touching what belongs to you. You can't sit in your home and a thief comes in and he's taking your stuff. He has no gun, nothing in his hands, and he's taking your stuff out. And he says, Please don't steal my stuff. And you're sitting there. He says, boy, I love this guy. Keep sitting. He's taking your stuff into his truck and coming back to take more. Would you please stop taking my stuff? If you got a gun, you're really dumb. When he goes back to the car, he comes back, he's facing your gun. Go get the stuff you took into your truck right back here now. Or I'm going to blow your head off. Now, Christians don't do that, okay? But... I'm going to blow your head off now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll get them back, right? Young people don't do that, okay? <laughs> uh-huh. But it takes the violence of faith. You know, what we experience in the natural world is what's going on in the spirit realm. Exactly the same thing. And you got all the power. And he's taking your stuff and you're saying, please leave me alone. Why won't you leave me alone? Why don't you go to the next door? 
I have been a good boy to the Lord. He's continue to be a good boy. That's the place to go. A good boy's house that doesn't know his rights. There are many adversaries. You're going to be playing with your adversaries to get your word God, to get through the door that God is giving to you. You're going to be pleading with them. They are your enemies. You don't plead with them. You don't, you don't negotiate with them. You kick them out of the way. You got what it takes to kick them out of the way. We are in a fight of faith. The Bible tells us that. First, uh, not first, I should say, First Timothy, right? 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. If you can have it, please put it on. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. It's a fight of faith. You got to get violent. You are in a fight. Don't pretend like you are not in a fight. God said so. If you don't know it, you're really dumb. This is all about life. It's your life that is at stake at this point. It's a fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. If you are not fighting the good fight of faith, you cannot lay hold on eternal life. Everyone who believes in the Son has eternal life. You already have it, but you can lay hold on it, of it because you are not fighting the fight of faith. So the kingdom has been given to you, but you're not violent. You fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, unto which you were also called. You were called to lay hold on eternal life, to benefit your life. As you fight with the enemy, when it comes against your children, when it comes against your finances, when it comes against your marriage, whatever it is that is coming against, against your health, whatever it is, you fight the good fight of faith by taking that time out to be with the Lord and to talk, to address the enemy. Lay hold on eternal life. You were called unto that. And they said, you have made the good confession. Before many would... Notice he said, the good confession. Is it on screen? Which you were called and have confessed, not a, not a, but you've confessed the good confession. You see, the good confession is Christ is above everything. Christ is the Savior of the world. And He is number one, first and the last. He's above everything. Christ, the good confession is, although I know I have this problem, but hey, Jesus is bigger than that problem. Always bigger. You've made that good confession before many witnesses. That's the way you to do it. You have to make that good confession before many witnesses. That's when God will act. When you are making the good confession, and, um, and I pray I have time, I will go back again to the Word of God. I believe it's Acts chapter 14, verse 3, where they were constantly making bold confessions. And the Lord was right there with them, confirming what they were saying with signs following. Yes. Confirming what they were saying. I don't know if I get it, but I'd like to go to that scripture so I make my point. No, uh, Acts 14... Verse 3, therefore they stayed there a long time speaking boldly. What were they doing? They were speaking boldly in the Lord. They were speaking boldly without fear, even though they knew there were enemies all over. They were speaking boldly in the Lord. How do you speak boldly? In the Lord, based on what He's given to you. You're speaking boldly based on what the Word says. You're speaking boldly, even though you know the enemy is right there. He may get you, like Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, they knew they could be killed. But this time, they could care less. They were speaking boldly. 
who and the Lord Himself was bearing witness to the word of His grace. Oh, I like that. When you speak His word, the word of His grace, if it's when it's coming out of your mouth with boldness, guess what? The Lord is there confirming, bearing witness, saying, That's true. That's true. That's the Lord Jesus bearing witness. If it's your financial difficulty, you're speaking, you know, believe, I believe it was 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, bearing witness to His grace. You know the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that it was rich. And for your sake, for your sake, He became poor, that you, through His poverty, might become rich. So, you know the grace of God. As you confess His word boldly, He is there with you, bearing witness to the word of His grace. And you know the grace of God, how He was rich, right? He bears witness to the word of His grace. So when you take the word of God and you begin to confess it boldly in the face of your adversary, Jesus bears witness. That's true. That's true. And if Jesus is saying it's true, guess what? All heaven is saying, that's exactly the master says it's true. It's got to be true. Amen. It's got to be true. And before long, it shows up in the natural. Because the master says, I bear witness to that. Amen. I bear witness to that. It's violence. Faith that produces that. You know the Bible tells us in First Peter chapter five, verse eight, it says, Be sober. That means be self controlled. Be vigilant. That means be conscious of everything that's going on around. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He didn't say he's a roaring lion. He, he thinks he's a roaring lion, but he's got no teeth, you know. And uh, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour somebody. The Bible says resist him. How? Steadfast. Don't quit. Resist him. He wants to devour. The thief does not come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to destroy your life. If he can't, he'll steal from you. The ultimate goal is to destroy you. But if he cannot do that, he'll start with stealing from you. If you give him room, he'll begin to work on you. To destroy you. But the Bible says, resist him steadfastly. Just stay with it. Resist him. And James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Resist the devil and he will run, no, flee from you. That's why Peter was saying, Resist him steadfastly. Don't quit. Stay with it. Stay with the promise of God. Steadfastly. Even in the face of opposition. Even if when your friends say to you, This doesn't make sense. Why, how can you believe in this thing? You don't have any way to do this. But you're staying and resisting the enemy. Because a great and effective door has been opened to your life. Amen? That's my word to you, every one of you this morning. The Lord has provided you with a great and effective door for your life. Yes. Run through that door. You see, God cannot lie. And what God has done for one person, if you meet the same condition, He'll do for you. He's a respecter of no man. Once you meet that condition of faith, violent faith, God will respond. Everything responds to violent faith. Why? Because God is at the head of it. God is at the very top of it. And He has chosen to respond to it. And if God will respond to violent faith, everything on that made God must respond, including men. 
Amen. Including disease, everything. Everything below his name. Because when he responds, everything else had to respond. The Bible tells us that the name of Jesus, every knee must bow when we say his name. When we say his name, he responds. If I call your name, you'll answer, right? Pastor West, you'll answer me, right? Sure, you will. When he responds, when the master hears you calling and he responds, everything below, underneath him will have to respond. And when he endorses it, everything must line up. No one will go outside of his, of his authority. So everything answers to violent faith. Everything. Everything. Everything well. Because God responds to it. You remember the story of the guy? That thing, uh, you, we use the term here in the United States, uh, well, tickle, right? Some people even say tickle to death, you know. Why don't tickle to death? To life, yeah. It's always tickled to death. <laughs> but I really believe that violent faith tickles God. Makes him feel good. <laughs> yes. And you remember the story of uh, the, uh, the centurion who came to Jesus? Remember that story? And he told Jesus, you don't need to come into my house. He sounded like he was bragging. Right? You don't need to come into my house. I'm a man of authority. Amen. I got servants under me. When I say they listen. You, I know who you are. You just speak the word. And my servant. And the Bible says one. Only two times the Bible records record that Jesus was amazed. God was shocked. Hey. Jesus said, hey. What is this? Ooh, and it's coming from a Gentile. Wow. He said, I've never seen faith like this in Israel. Wow. Because the man was violent. He wasn't yelling. He understood it. And he exercised it by speaking it. And through his speech, Jesus knew he understood it. And Jesus said, Hmm, I have never seen it like this. I'm tickled. And that's me, I know Jesus. <laughs> And he got what he wanted. And you know, because of that great faith, Jesus instantly opened the window for these Jews to know that it's not going to be a kingdom for Jews alone. <laughs> See this fellow? He's going to be part of it. <laughs> Peter didn't know what Jesus was talking about. You remember how he struggled in Acts chapter 10 by going to Cornelius' home? He had to have something come down from heaven to persuade him. And they rise up and kill. So when Jesus said, many will come, Peter didn't understand what he was saying. I think that man knew what Jesus was talking about. <laughs> he had faith that tickled the master. And the master responded. For everything responds to violent faith. That man was not worried at all. All he needed was a word from the master. That's violent faith. All you wanted, don't come, don't even waste your breath, don't do anything. Just speak. And Jesus says, good. You stay with the word. And you refuse to yield. You forget your DNA. You stay with the word. You forget about the dying servant. You stay with that word from the master. Once that word is given, the guy says, thank you, Lord. You don't have to see the servant, right? He knew. That's violent thing. He didn't argue with the master when he said, you can go. Thank you, master. He knew his servant was fine. That's violent thing. Everything responds. Now, Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 tells us this. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed... You see, God can even be tickled by mustard seed faith. Right? If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. The last part is what I want you to hear. And nothing will be impossible to you. 
See, everything answers. Everything responds to violent faith. The faith that can stand before a mountain as I put, put that finger out and I want you to move. And no doubt in your heart. Faith is real. That's the strongest force that God has made available to mankind. You can change a whole nation by faith. This is a very powerful tool that God has given to believers. And yet we are running back and forth looking for anointed preachers to do this and to do that, to do that for me. I will listen to them. I I know my God. He is bigger. And because He is big, I got it made. I've got it made. You remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Thank you, young people. <laughs> that was violent faith. They think about that story. Huh? The king had made a, a golden statue for, for worship. And these guys said, well, that's, that's just gold. We're not worshiping gold. We worship the master. And the king got mad. He said, I'm going to give you another opportunity. So you don't die, you live. I'll give you another opportunity because right now, you are standing at the edge of death. You are about to die, sons. You are about to die. But I'll give you a second chance. When you hear the music, then fall down and bow. First, he has a music true that, (laughs) is it true that you're not worshipping my idols? And they said to him, and I'm going to read here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We are not going to even talk to you about this. There is no negotiation here about this matter. Look, this, as far as we are concerned, this is settled. And Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to throw you into, into that furnace. And let me see what God can deliver you. And when he said that, they said, okay, now we, we don't even have to answer you in this matter. We're not going to answer you. If that is the case, if you're talking about our God, whether or not He can deliver us, if that is the case, our God whom we serve, not your God, our God whom we serve, shall deliver us. Is able to deliver us. From the burning fiery furnace, they mentioned what they were looking at, the, 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 the thing that will bring them death. Some Christians would like to close their eyes. Don't even think about it, oh God. Why did you allow the king to make this statue? Oh no. You knew he was going to kill us. If we didn't worship, you could have torn his heart. All things are possible to you, Lord. You should have, his heart was in your hands. You should have torn his heart. Now we are about to die. That's what you hear them pray. These guys will not pray like that. Notice they didn't even pray to God. <laughs> so they king, before you throw us into the furnace, just give us some time to say in the name of Jesus, right? They had no time for that. They went into violence. Violent faith. We are not going to answer you. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Not just from the furnace, but from your hand. I mean, you can think this is the king of the world. And they are pointing their fingers into his face. Our God is bigger than you are. He will deliver us from this fire. And he will deliver us from your hand. And you, can do any, you can't do anything about it. Even though you are at the top of the world, our God is bigger than you are. That's what they were saying. Our God will deliver us. Violent faith. But then they said, but if not, if God is not going to deliver us, we want you to know we're not going to do it. They were resolved. That's where we need to come. You see, they didn't care. When you realize you are bought with a price... That you are not your own. The things that are happening to you, God has allowed. 
And he has, he's planning a path for you through the wilderness to your promised land. So you, don't, you forget about the serpents and all of that in the wilderness. Because you know he's with you. You know what happened? He, the king was so angry. He said, he that thing seven times horror. Seven times. I want to toast them. <laughs> he was so mad. And he, said, he called some of his uh, mighty men. He said, tie them up. Bind them. With their coats and everything and the turban. And he said, throw them all in. The guys that he asked to do that, they all died. The fire was so hot. But as soon as they got into the fire, you know the story. The fire took the ropes with which they bound them off. Burnt it off instantly. But couldn't touch their coat. That's an amazing thing. Their coat, cotton, became more powerful than the violence of fire. Because Jesus had shown up. When Jesus in heaven heard it and saw the violent faith, he said, I am not sending an angel, Father. I'm going myself. I'm going myself. This is too good. I'm tickled. Ooh, I got to be in that fire with them. I'm so tickled. I want to enjoy that fire with them. Amen. He responded. And the king, his mouth, oh, oh. am I... Wake up! I see four men. He said, didn't we put three men bound in the furnace? And, and they said, yes, O king. You should, basically, you should know better. <laughs> you threw three guys. He said, but as soon as I see four of them. And they are no longer bound. They are walking around in the fire. And he says, the fourth one looks like the son of God. Every time you respond to the word of God with violent faith, Jesus shows up. Just as the scripture we read in Acts, chapter 14, verse 3, He bears witness to the word of His grace that's coming out of your mouth. God is not a man that He should lie. Neither the Son of Man that He should repent. If He has said, He will do it. If he has spoken, he will make it good. And that's for your life. Young people, I'm so grateful God is giving you a great pastor. Man, dream big. Dream big. Let nothing stop you. You know, I tell people, you know, and I'm speaking to you guys. Bush, his daddy is in Houston here, right? Just a man. I don't think when he Bush, George Bush was born, his father knew he was going to be president. Why not you? Amen. When God is with you, who is going to stop you? Well, that's why the Bible says in Isaiah 54, Enlarge your borders of your tent. Enlarge it. Dream big. God is with you. If God be for us, who can be against you? Begin to tell your friends. You see, God has told me, I'm going to be above only. And never beneath. So where did you hear that from? Just watch. My God is going to do it. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Say to them, nothing is going to burn me up. I'm going to leave until I'm really, you know, older. And I'm going to be great in the land. You know, you see it. And when it happens to you, they'll call you. He's just like what you told us. It's all come to pass. Who is your pastor? What church do you go to? We want to go. Maybe he'll make us great. Amen. The violence of faith. Look, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 33 through 35. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. Please bear with me, okay? I don't know how you take it, but this is the way I felt. I never really liked the Christians going to abortion clinics and sitting out and stopping them. I never really liked it. Please don't hold it against me. I didn't think that's the way to change it. You couldn't change it that way. 
These people walked righteousness. They made righteousness work. Elijah turned the whole nation around, right? Not by picketing and doing it. He, he used the power of faith to change the whole nation. That's what we do. We do what we can. But ultimately, it has to be through faith. It has to be through faith. It has to be through faith. They subdued kingdoms through faith. They worked righteousness through faith. Violent faith. They obtained promises. I just told the young people, God said you will be above and not beneath. You will be head and not tail. He didn't say, well, I'm going to give you big brains so that you can be head and not tail. Did he say that? No. He said, you will be. And when God says you will be, you will be. He'll give you whatever it takes. If you believe it, whatever it takes to be, He will give to you to be. Amen. In one night, He gave Solomon the wisdom that's still the greatest. Apart from the wisdom of Jesus. One night! Brief moment of talking with that man. Why not you? That's what I ask myself. Why not you? Why not you? Why should I wait? It's never too late. Satan will say, no, it's too late. If you had known this truth when you were uh, 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 younger, then maybe you got enough room. Well, if I have to leave till 99, I'm going to get there. It's strong. Amen. God is going to do it. God will. They quenched the violence of fire. Stopped the mouth of lions. You know who we're talking about. That's stopped the mouth of lions. You can think about David, but you can also think about Daniel. They stopped the mouth of lions. Quenched the violence of fire. We just read about those three fellows. They escaped the edge of the sword. That's why I said, if I get in the plane, we'll no crash. If it wants to crash, go crash somewhere else. But not with me in it. And it ain't crashing nowhere. If you're sitting in the plane with me, relax. Where the plane is not going to crash. If it's shaking violently, my angels are just going to pick them up. We're going down. And then after we're gone from that plane, they can go crash if they want to. But I'm not crashing with them. And I don't say that lightly. It's the truth. With long life, I will satisfy you. Why don't we believe what God says? With long life, God said, I will. Not me. I will satisfy you. Because you know my name. What's his name? His name is Jesus. My people perish. They cut off because of lack of knowledge. When you know it, there's nothing that's going to stop you. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle. Turned to flight the enemies, the armies of, the, of aliens. That's what we do. We turn the enemies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their life unto the death. They had no fear. When you get to that place of violence in faith, where you're not afraid of anything anymore, you've gotten God on your side. I'm going to close with this because I got five minutes, I believe. What makes it possible for you to display violent faith? The answer is according to what you have found. According to what you have found. See, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man hiding, you know, treasure in the field. You have to search for it. You can only display violent faith only in accordance to what you have found. Not what you have heard. Not even what has been prophesied to you. It's what you have found. 
So he behoves you to find. That's why Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you'll find. You want to find what? What? What am I supposed to seek? When you seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be opened. It's always according to what you have found. Not, that's why I don't listen to people. Not like I know it all. But once it's outside the word of God, you cut me out. I don't care who you are. You can be Billy Graham, you're out. And if you irritate me as much, I won't listen to you anymore. That's just the way I am. My wife knows that. She gave me some tips. I told her, I'm not going to listen to that guy. I listened to him a long time ago, and he irritated me bad enough, and I'm not going back. I know he's well respected around the United States, but I'm not going to listen to him. He has nothing to give to me. I'm already born again. I'm going to heaven. He's not going to add anything to me. I don't want to listen to him. He's a great orator. Let him say that way, but I'm not listening to him. I won't listen to him. I stay with the word. When you challenge me from the word, and you make me feel little from the world. Meaning, son, you need to rise up. You are my best friend. I will buy your tapes and listen to them. But tell me God doesn't do this anymore. I'll never listen to you anymore. I'll not listen to you anymore. I'll cut you off. You are one of my fools. I mean, not kidding. Christians are not supposed I pray for them, you know. I do bless them, okay? But don't put their tapes on when I'm around. I don't want to hear it. It's according to what I find now. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 20 through 22. He says, My son, give attention to my words. Don't give attention to your problem. Mm-hmm. Don't give attention to what the doctors have said. Don't give attention to what's happening in your family life. Give attention to what? My word. Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Basically, there are other voices. Right? There are other voices talking to you. Move away from those. And put your ears over what God is saying. They're trying to talk to you, but don't listen. You may hear them in the background. Some of us listen to our rock music, right? <laughs> and so you're listening to your rock music and somebody's reading, right? right? Why? They tuned you off. They can still hear the noise, right? But it's noise right now, right? What they are focused on is the real thing. <laughs> Make whatever they are saying out there, God is saying, noise. Incline your ear. To my sins. And his sins are great. Incline is yes to his sins. His sins by his stripes you were healed. He says do not let them depart from your eyes. Don't look to the problem. Look to his sins. Let those be what you see. Not what they are telling you. Not what you see in the natural. That's why I said, faith is real. Take your eyes away from those things. Focus on the Word. You're focusing so hard. I see cameras. You know cameras? They focus. And everything around, the focus is blurred. Right? Only the focus. You can still see a little bit of what's around, but the focus. That's what God is saying. Amen. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Let it stay there. Don't let go. You know what that word heart means? Your spirit. That's the real you. Don't let it go. Let it stay there. Just as the Holy Ghost, in the beginning, when God created the world, He said the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the surface of the deep. 
Maybe there's a problem there. There's deep, it's dark in there. But you have the Word of God that was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let that Word stay in the midst of your heart, your life, your spirit. Let it stay there. Don't let it go. He says, if you let that be, for they are life to those that what? It's according to what you've found. It's according to what you've found. If you haven't, my wife was saying it this morning and she did such a good job teaching Sunday school. You're missing it if you don't come. Fred does a great job and we have people uh, when Fred is not there. Stay with the word. If you're having a problem in, in, in one area, don't go focus on another area. You don't need other, other things now. Begin to sow in the area where you're having difficulties. That's the current battle. You understand what I'm saying? That's the current battle. So you focus your, your life on that part of God's word that deals with that particular battle because you are in a fight. It's a fight of faith. It's the violence of faith. So I, I know that there is problems, you know, I, I, in healing. But I'm not sick now. I got a different problem, right? Maybe it's finances. That's all I want to know. When I open the scriptures, I want to mature in this area. That's where I go to. And I keep that right before my eyes. Constantly. Constantly. They are alive to them that find them. The life. The life of God. These words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. The life begins to flow into that area that was dying or that was dead. God begins to breathe His life through His word into that area that was dying. That's why God said to that prophet, prophesy to those dry bones. Amen. Prophesy. As you keep the word and you prophesy to yourself daily based on the word. You're prophesying to yourself. I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. My finances is great. I'm a thousandaire. I'm a millionaire. I have all of this. Look, I got this house. I'm going to buy that house and I'm going to buy the second one. Yeah, as you begin to speak on those things and prophesy. And allow based on the word of God and the word of God alone. Then the spirit of God, just as it says in the word, the spirit moved on the surface of the deep and God said but you are speaking but you are not speaking your own words you are speaking God said Amen and everything will answer when God speaks everything answers to the violence of faith does everything does I will continue with this message next week, so it will be the first But I want to show you some things that we need to know so that you can express violent faith where you have no fear. Three things we'll share. You want to know who you are. Secondly, you want to know that you got the wisdom of God. You have the mind of Christ. You want to know He's always present with you. He's always there. We'll go into details of those next week. Would you stand up? I know we have our family today. And I'm glad... Those that have committed uh, or to baptism, um, uh, please talk to Pastor Wendy. We're going to be making arrangements. I haven't had a chance to talk to Pastor Rusty. We don't have our own baptistry here, so I have to make arrangements. So in uh, maybe in two weeks' time at the most, we'll get all those arranged and we'll probably announce. I'll get it arranged this week, and then we'll announce uh, the date on Sunday. But I want you all to make a commitment. You are dealing with, with something right now in your life. Every one of us. You're dealing with something. That's your battleground. 
I'd like you to go back home. Don't call. It's impossible. It will take a miracle. But you were born for signs and for wonders. You can produce them. Through the violence of faith, you can. And there is, Jesus said, nothing shall be impossible to you. So I know you got the solution. What I need you to do is go home, focus on that area. If it's in your married life, get books. There are books. Read them. I got nothing to prove. My job is to make sure, and I pray to God all the time. I want the people of God prospering. I want them to be productive and fruitful by winning souls by themselves, discipling them, and and doing everything that the pastor does. That's my desire. When that's done, I'm satisfied. When I was in Nigeria, I never worried about our church. I knew we got a great church. We got people who can do the job. I don't have to be there. And I feel like God is going to release. That's my feeling. Because the Lord told me, when He called me, He says, most of your work will be in Texas. So I know it's most, not all of it. I don't know when the time is going to come, but I know there's going to be a time when I don't know how God's going to do it. Just as I didn't know how He was going to plan this church, that time is going to come where I may not always be here. But we will have a great church. We will have great people. And they will be doing a fantastic job. When they come, people will be asking, where is the pastor? I know all of this stuff, but who is the pastor? (laughs) Because uh, God is doing so much, nobody knows who the pastor is. (laughs) Amen? That's my desire. Would you say amen with me? And the Lord will do it. The desires of a righteous man shall be granted. God is going to do it. So take that scripture. The sword. Word of God. And begin to get violent. Amen. Just don't don't hold the sword in your hand. And say, Satan, please leave me alone. (laughs) Show him. I'm going to cut off your head if you don't move. And how you do it? You show him the scripture. I'm about to cut off your head now. And the Bible says he will flee. Amen. Will you raise your hands to the Lord and give him thanks this morning? Thank you, Father. You're giving us your word. Your word never returns to you void. You make us great in the land. That's what your word said. We are warriors in the name of our God. We have overcome the evil one. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Satan is so confused. He doesn't know what to do with us now. He is so defeated. We thank you for the word of your grace. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said... Amen. God bless you.